Monday's initiative here at the Penultimate Conquest. Today's topic is, of course, our discussion of Episode 5 of Falcon and the Winter Soldier titled Truth. So strap in because we got quite a show for you today. If you're watching on YouTube, please consider dropping us a like, a sub, and don't forget to hit that bell for notifications on our new shows for the Penultimate Conquest, our TVs and movie show called Cross Media Show, and our anime show, Anime Nation. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Eric Ginn, just one of your friendly neighborhood co-hosts here. This week, both Christian and Ryan, Ruben, I might say Ryan, <laughs> Christian and Ruben are out, but like the Avengers, we have assembled a team to help us out. I like to consider it a crossover show because we have the fine, lovely people from Point in Progress. Let me get them out here. First up, she is the queen of anime. <laughs> the one, the only, Fiona McKinnon. Fiona, how are you doing? I'm doing so great, and I'm so happy you said that, because that just killed Mario inside. And I'm just so living for it, because... A little bit. I... They make fun of me for talking, like, bringing up anime in any way possible during the podcast, so this is just... Just amazing. I'm going to add that to my Twitter bio. Please do. You you are you are the queen. Our next guest has the coolest collection of helmets I have ever seen in my entire life. Please welcome back to the show, Frank. Frank, how Hello. are you doing, my friend? Hello, how are you doing, man? How's Good. it going? It has been a while since you and I have spoken on the show, and I'm glad to have you back. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I to always love seeing your microphone lit up. That's one of my favorite things when you're on the show. I just stare at your microphone lights. It's yeah, incredible. It's I do too. It's just like, oh man, look look at this thing. I love you. Also color coded. Yeah, some red, a bit of, some blue, a little bit of blue, a little bit of red. Get, trying to get that Captain America feel. You know what I mean, trying to get it, get the ambiance right for this discussion. Of course. And last but not least, he has the coolest green hair in the business. Please welcome to the show, Mario Rivera. Mario, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. My hair is hulking out. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to do my thing here and. Hopefully it'll be a different color by the next time you see me in the world. So we'll see. Like a chameleon, he changes colors all the time. But they're always bright, extravagant, wonderful colors. We are so happy to have you on the show. Now, before we get into the nitty gritty of this episode, I have a couple of icebreaker questions for you guys. First up, Fiona, what is your favorite Marvel movie? Now, I should preface this by saying if you want like 2003's X2 that's fine too. Just trying to see what your favorite Marvel movie is. Mm. That's tough. That's really freaking tough. I'm trying to think. This... Think hard. Think, think, think deep. Think well. I'm just stalling for you. Thank <laughs> so you. Just... I... Yeah. <laughs> think about all of the potential things it could be. It could be uh, David Hasselhoff's Nick Fury. It could be, uh, you know. Dolph Lundgren's The Punisher. Out of every... It could be Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider. That was pretty good. Pretty good. That was great. That was actually really good. I hate yeah. I hate everything about this. Um, I'm just He's joking. the only one that can walk on both worlds. <laughs> True. <laughs> That's right. My God. I honestly i think some of them like really stand out to me and this might be like a cliche thing but like i always like resonate with like the first iron man movie just because like 
that's an iconic movie and that's like essentially the introduction that we wanted to see of just that's what I think when I think of like Iron Man um and probably Guardians of the Galaxy because the music slaps like I will listen to the actual albums all the fucking it slaps um, so I'm Everyone gonna... look at Frank's Twitter uh, right now. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. What are those? Frank, what are nice those? Little... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what happens when Pip takes over. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so, so I'm going to say those two. Um, but yeah, there, it's very difficult to like, kind of like, like, condense them into like it's just one because there's like so many that like they all have like a different reason why like that particular scene or whatever that might be but i probably i'm gonna stick with those two it's it's interesting how the very first movie in a series is still up there with some of the best you know you got new hope is like the only one i could think of where it's like the first one of this franchise is still considered the best yeah fast and the furious you're not that great and still made relevant even today specifically right? which is mm-hmm. incredible still still so good i'm actually going through the kind of funny mcu and review for the first time and just they still talk about iron man one so many episodes into it it just shows how great of a movie that is like it's yeah, a good so. it's a good baseline for yeah. the whole universe the most iconic scene is when he's just his arms are out and he's not looking at the explosion as it just like yeah, the whole like Lonely Island song, cool guys don't look at explosions. That's <laughs> and Tony Stark is the cool of the coolest of guys. Yeah, my Jericho mich- my missiles. <laughs> uh, that's a great answer. So Frank, I know you've answered this question before, but for those who don't remember, what is your favorite Marvel movie? I don't even remember this. Ch- this this changes every other week at this point. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go ahead and go with um. We'll go with Civil War for right now. Ooh. I know I probably said something different before, but Civil War, as much as I I don't like that it has nothing to resemble with the actual comic book, I do like w- just the just what it does in that movie, which is like it 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 makes fans have to pick a side, and both sides are actually pretty correct in the way they're thinking. Um, there's no wrong side. There's you know whatever moral value you choose and. That's something cool to see in in terms of just like real life, you know, just watching mm-hmm. other people like give their reasoning why they think this right or that reason why it's right. Kind of like how when the actual comic came out and it made me kind of I think that's the movie where I finally said screw it. I don't care if they're comic book accurate or not. I'm just going I'm just going to go along for the ride. And it's it's from there on definitely a ride. Absolutely absolutely. Still like that fight just between Team Cap and Team Iron Man, still probably one of the best action scenes we have in the oh, MCU. Yeah. It's just so good. Uh, Mario, what is your favorite Marvel movie? Uh, still to this day, it is going to have to be Captain America: The First Avenger. is still my favorite entire MCU movie from front to back. It has all the characteristics of both the character. And in course of the movies that I enjoy, especially growing up, it's very much a movie set in the world of like a mixture of um, the Rocketeer and Indiana Jones. Obviously, it just has this wonderful like retro 50, you know, 40 style um, and obviously the World War II, um, but also 
just does the character so well and so believable and holds true even to all the way up to end game that character is the same person that character and you it's not that they don't grow as a character they they do certainly grow it's just that their moral compass and who they stand in their beliefs carries through all the way through in my opinion so yeah yeah that is my favorite movie by by far thank you i, I the first avenger is one of the best movies i, I love it so much especially yeah. just him dump jumping on the dummy grenade right there it's, like oh my god yeah i get chills thinking about that i get you know i don't like bullies you know it's yeah. like that it's right great... there was like that yep he's already the whole mule near right there that scene so uh, moving on to our next one, Fiona. What is your favorite Marvel, or who is your favorite Marvel character? I'm gonna take a guess and say it's Iron Man. No, I oh, love okay. Iron Man. Okay. Now, honestly, this is almost like Frank, where it's like it could change like week to week basis. Um, I'm gonna have to say because. I loved one of his comic story arcs and I'm still to this day I hope that it becomes a movie series even though I know it's not going to because if it was it would be like on HBO and like it would be restricted to hell is uh Deadpool. Um mostly because he has um Deadpool kills Marvel where he goes through all the universes and kills off all the Marvel characters even through Alice in Wonderland Marvel characters. Um <sighs> Also, probably, probably have to say Wanda, just because of how, like, her character was built last, um, like, the last show, and just seeing that, kind of, like, it was not even just, like, the pinnacle of, like, honestly, at this point, it was a fabulous show from start to finish. It's just, you get to see her story arc. Also, she is an insanely strong character. Like, she was underappreciated, I feel, like, when she was first introduced into the Marvel Universe, like, movies, and then was kind of put in the backseat, and having her in now in, like, the in the spotlight because of everything that happened, I think, I'd probably have to say Wanda. Great answer. Like, family feud. Great answer. Great answer. Do that right now. <laughs> Frank. Is it Wanda? Ding. <laughs> Frank, who is your favorite Marvel character? Um, nine, on six of the seven days of the week, I would probably say Deadpool, but today I'm going to say Spider-Man. Um, there's something about Spider-Man that you, you, you really don't get from other characters in the Marvel, at least in comics. Um, I, I, it's, it, he's the closest feeling to like Batman of that universe yeah, than... My phone's right. Frank, um, you've got mail. Just want you to know. The 90s called. Let, let me go ahead and turn that off really quick. Oh my um, god, Tanks just showed up at my door, guys. I don't know what I... I still have those AOL discs. I have, I have a disc drive on my new $2,000 PC. But anyway. Um, yeah, Spider-Man's the closest feeling to how Batman's treated in, in the DC universe. It, it's kind of like... Uh, you always get those orchestral tones from him and stuff like that from his games and stuff like that. And Spider-Man is just a very interesting character. Just the different ways he's written. He can either be written as an angsty teen or he can be written as just a superheroic nerd. It's a There's just so many great stories for Spider-Man. And as much as I love Deadpool, you know, six, six days out of seven, um, Spider-Man definitely has a lot 
a lot of great, great stories to kind of go back and reread. And like the beautiful thing about that is uh, you can also incorporate Miles into that too. Cause he's yeah. still, it's like one of those things where like Spider-Man could be anybody. Yeah. And so like Spider-Man is just this overarching thing that people can just latch on. Like there are different parts of it that you can latch onto. And that's what makes the character so great. Yeah. Kind of like uh, the Bat Family almost. Mm-hmm. When you think about it. So it's the every thing to have in a Bat Family like that. Every episode we've had of the show so far, one of our guests always, Spider-Man always comes up. So that just, that just speaks to the, uh, power just of that character. Just have, after so many years, he's still probably the most popular superhero still out there, yeah. right there with like obviously up there with Superman and Batman. So, uh, Mario, who is your favorite Marvel character? I, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I have I have a few. Um, so I'm gonna do some honorable mentions first. But uh, the first one I, I'm gonna go with honorable mentioning is actually uh, Chase from the Runaways. Uh, I just like his powers, uh, or at least his. Uh, ability to uh make objects that are kind of cool um that whole team is great so if you guys have not read or seen any of the runaways definitely check it out uh captain Mar- uh, captain america obviously is obviously one of my favorite characters of all time but the character that i love the most for some reason and i think it's just because it stems from childhood of watching him in the 90s x-men cartoon is cyclops for some reason his design uh him as a character as like the leader of the x-men like for some reason i've always wanted to see him done with justice and i've never gotten that in any live media whatsoever uh so uh, i personally just enjoy you know i i enjoy my boy scouts he's one of my one of my favorite of the boy scouts you know just the person that's just gonna lead the team uh through right or wrong especially in the later years of x-men comics you know, he's like he's such a leader and stuff, and then you're right, like in the movies, he hasn't been treated with like anything whatsoever. Like in Dark Phoenix, when he tries to step up against Magneto, I'm like, just sit your ass down right now. Yeah, you're about to get exactly. tore up. Man, yeah. Wolverine isn't even in this scene. You better get out of here, son. No. Uh, that was, those are all great answers. Mine, um, the, my favorite fictional character of all time is Spider-Man, so especially, specifically Peter Parker. So, um, but yes, all all great answers. And one last quick one. Team Cap or Team Iron Man, Fiona? This is, once again, you, you're asking the most difficult questions, Eric. Now, obviously, I talked about the fact that I love Iron Man, but I also love Wanda. And I loved Chris Evans in Knives Out in that sweater. <laughs> oh, God. You know, Please. that's great. We can we can use that as the basis for uh, the teams. You know, Chris Evans Not in a the- sweater, that helps. <laughs> Not yeah, the goddamn go. sweater again. The sweater. <laughs> Please. <laughs> you missed the meme. It was the meme when the movie came out. <laughs> oh, man. So funny. Um, I swear to God, if I check your Amazon, it's like there's a sweater in there. <laughs> Frank, we got to buy sweaters and just show up on the podcast. Just buy a white sw- I have a white sweater. I do. I'm buying that specific one that he has. Okay. Find Either it. way. $100. I'm going to have to say Team Iron Man. Mm-hmm. The team was solid. I know that specific, like, there was a lot of things that I agreed on both sides, but I definitely would have to stick with Iron Man. I get it. It's very hard in, like, a quick question to have, like, this giant moral compass where you have to pick which side is right. And I think that's why Christian added the this question to the show is because, you know, it is an important, like, that was, like, the most asked question in 2016. Not who's going to win versus Batman versus Superman, but are you Team Cap or are you Team Iron Man? I mean, that's a better and, question. Yeah. And it just shows how strong these sides are. And that's why 
Like every time you watch it, it's like, oh, Tony's got a point here. Oh, but Steve's right here. Steve can't be wrong about that. So that uh, you're right. Like that right there, just the, oh, uh, but Chris Evans in a sweater has to bring it over the top. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what it is. Just Chris Evans in general. So, I mean, I, I get it. Uh, See, so Frank. Chris Evans in an old man sweater. She don't think she will. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good one. So, um, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. I can actually end game will show up in this episode. I'm I'm very excited for that. So Frank, yeah, Team Cap or Team Iron Man, buddy? Uh, definitely Team Cap. I don't think uh, superheroes should be controlled by the government or anybody else other than their own own volitions. Uh, but I do agree. Some things may need to be kept in check, but. You know, my I like vigilante superheroes, not government payroll superheroes. But I think, gotcha. especially with this show, it kind of shows that there needs to be something more than just vigilante mm -hmm. superheroes, because boy howdy, do shit get real? <laughs> Mario, same question. Uh, team Cap all the way. There's no way I would go Team Iron Man, not even for a second, Damn. not even for a second. Captain America is just right. The mo I just, I just, he's just right. Okay. He's doing it also for his friend. Okay, America. Who's a good dude. All right. I mean, he killed a man. Many men. Under false pretenses and brainwashing. <laughs> I mean, he still killed a man. He killed a lot of people, apparently. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for those icebreakers. We always like to ask those to get a little feel into what our guests going on in their brains. So, a little bit of housekeeping before we get into this. Remember, Tonight, uh, Tessa is going to be streaming Bloodborne again. She's going to continue. She's going on down to Old Yarnum tonight. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, she's starting at 9 o'clock Central Time this evening. So if you want to catch her slaying some monsters and seeing what that Bloodstar Beast is going to do, check on here on our Twitch channel. All right. Let's get into this episode entitled Truth. So we kick off right at the ending of last week. John Walker has run off into this isolated warehouse and he's still reeling from the death of Lamar and, you know, straight up murdering someone in a city square. Uh, Bucky and Sam catch up to Walker and, you know, Walker's having this thing going where he's hearing voices in his head, gets up, time to go to work. Sam asks Walker for the shield. They need it back. John gives the line, you don't want to do this. And then old Sebastian Stan, old handsome looking self, just looks at him, just goes, yeah, we do. And so, fight breaks out between the three, and it shows that Walker is more than a match for our titular duo. Uh, at one point, Walker rips off Sam's wings, which was really tough to see. We've gone accustomed to those wings for the last, the last seven years and just gone. Clip Just like wings. that. Or are they? Dun, dun, dun. I'll, we'll talk about that later. So there's one point even when Walker has Sam on the ground. He's about to lift his shield up and he screams like, I am Captain America. Something's buddy Walker. Not a little right in the head right now. And Bucky's able to tackle John off. And Sam and Bucky then break John Walker's arm try to get the shield off which was like hearing that sound i just don't do well with hearing bone crunching sounds just like Ugh. and they're able to do give um give walker a little 619 with the cap shield um so walker's all knocked out uh bucky picks up the shield throws it right at sam and just walks away 
So talk about a cold opening. That was wild. Fiona, what are your thoughts on this scene? Oh, wow. Well, one, I totally did something and messed up things. So just give me one second here, guys. But as we continue, um, one second here. Do, 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 do. I can, I can cover for shame. Yeah, game. why right. not? Just go we for are. it. Mario, why don't yeah. you go up first, man? For the people that can hear my voice. Uh, yeah, this, uh, this scene was uh, very awesome. Uh, it very much was in line with um, a fight scene you would see possibly in like... Uh, Winter Soldier, or in um, I would say even like the Daredevil TV show, where it was just hand to hand beating the shit out of each other, and uh, that was actually really fun and surprising. I will say I got to give it up to uh, Wyatt Russell specifically in this episode because oh my god, did he look like his father in some shots? And I got chills because I'm a huge Kurt Russell fan, so to see kind of like a amalgamation of Kurt Russell in a Captain America suit was really kind of cool to see. Um, but yeah, I thought he really brought it in this scene specifically. And I'm, um, you know, I, I, I think it was definitely the culmination of like, no, this guy needs to be put down and they need to actually do something about it because yeah, uh, he w- went off the rails. He used a defensive weapon as a bludgeoning object. It was intense. So yeah, I think, uh, whatever needed to be done was done in terms of them defeating him and breaking his arm in order to take that from him. Like it was, it was crazy. Um, for, and then the, I think one of the coolest shots, yeah, is the wings being cut. So with that, I, I think that this was a solid way to like kick off what then I think leads to what the rest of the episode is about, which I think is far more important. Absolutely. Frank, what did what, you think about this fight scene? I think it was done really well. It felt just like a Marvel movie scene. Um, I, I, it's kind of weird. It's like the way Mario said it, like put down. I kind of get it. Like John in this scene is very much a rabid dog, uh, which could be an effect of the super serum. It's very ambiguous of whether or not he like. They say earlier in the season where it's like it, it brings out the true person in somebody, and we see this kind of almost facade coming from John Walker up to like maybe closer to like the last few episodes. And you kind of see him now and you, you have to wonder like, is this a super serum messing with them or is this really what, who John Walker is? And it's, it's, it's definitely a powerful scene having the two closest people to, to uh, Steve Rogers having to rip away the shield from the current captain America as a kind of way of saying you are not worthy of this shield at all. It's great. And I noticed like your little hesitation there before you said, Steve, it's weird though. Cause like you want to say Captain America now, but that, that whole ideal is tainted now. Yeah. So like, sometimes I even have to say like, Oh, Cap- Steve, Steve Rogers was the ideal. It wasn't just, and so, yeah, I just, um, thought that, thought that, thought that was interesting. You're right. Like it, it was hard to see Bucky and uh, Sam beat up Captain America in the sense we've, they've, been buddies for this longest time and it was it was really hard to see uh fiona are, are we good are you good now yeah. all right what did you think um well i was happy with the conclusion because i <laughs> was so i will be i will be very honest i am not particularly thrilled with his rendition of captain america and i do appreciate kind of like the parallel between steve and 
why can I never remember his name? John Walker. John Walker. It's the most Johnny white, Walker. white of white yes, names. The whiskey. Yeah. He might Johnny as well be called John Doe at this point. Yeah, yes. I mean, so there's uh, some parallels, especially with him and his actions with the shield, because there were points where Steve had to kind of like hold himself back when he realized that like I'm stronger and then him realizing that the shield meant so much more than just himself and he realized that this is something that it represents a group of people not just himself and so when John specifically took it out of like just sheer rage and anger and used that shield to not only kill someone he pretty much decapitated him we're not going to sit here and like sugarcoat it. He essentially yeah. decapitated a man in front of a bunch of people. And so when we saw the infamous duo try to take him down, I was just like, maybe it's the bloodlust that I've received from Attack on Titan. I wanted to <laughs> see him just get completely destroyed because it was so heartbreaking seeing that. And I can only imagine like maybe even some of the kids who might be seeing this or like, Captain America is like super great. And yeah. Now you're seeing this other guy and it's just like this isn't the Captain America that I grew up with and we saw a few flashbacks through the, um, essentially like even some parallels during the episode. Um and it was just very very difficult to watch. And so when I saw his arm go backwards, I'm like and Frank can attest, I was like, "Hell yeah, go for Let's it!" Go. Like, I want to see this. <laughs> like, I, I want something along the lines of "beat that ass." <laughs> <laughs> I was, it just, it was very heartbreaking, and I can only imagine how difficult it is, especially for Captain America fans who maybe aren't familiar with the comics, and especially John Walker's storyline, because oh boy, he's a he's another person in himself that. I, it was definitely a roller coaster of emotions. And like you said, seeing those wings getting ripped apart and then even seeing Bucky's um, arm just like, like it could have, like, it could have been broken. Like you saw a bunch of like electricity going through it. He wasn't responding and it was very heartbreaking to watch this scene. And there was no, I don't see any redeemable facts about John right now. Like he... Mm -hmm acted out of rage and i understand that his friend got killed or is dead we don't know um i don't think i think we can get to some maybe some like frank mentioned earlier about some he had some thoughts about john walker and we're about to get to that scene in particular where i think we can discuss where he's doing right now but an interesting thing of note here uh is you know in civil war when tony was telling steve like you don't deserve that shield like that was a moment right there where Steve was like, "You're right, I don't. I like I'm beating up my friends now. I, I held a secret from my friend for so long. I'm dropping my shield." Yeah. Whereas John Walker here, he used it to kill a man, and then he's still going on this thing of like, "No, this is mine. Like I deserve it." And I just, you're right. Like it's the parallels between these two characters that makes it interesting. Like Wyatt Russell is doing a very good job of making us hate this guy because we know what we've been used to for these last nine years that Chris Evans has been in the MCU, or eight, eight, nine years Chris Evans is in the yeah. MCU. And it's just like seeing th- like that shield and those colors be used for something like that. Just so inherently evil. It's just, oh. But then yeah. again, John Walker is America. Yeah. Steve Rogers is who America thinks it is. So, um, uh, so. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's yeah. a super solid point. Um, I, I will say, uh, 
they care and I, I think it's in line with I think what um what Frank will eventually say um that I do think that overall this character had their own expectations of what they could do and what they could do for the role and honestly it's the expectations of captain it's always about it's always about that goddamn shield it's always about the the person behind it and mm-hmm. then when it gets to your head and you and you do something so drastic especially the fact that the serum is making all making all the good things about john walker and all the bad things come out even harder so i think that those tendencies are just you know are emphasized by the fact that yeah he's he wants to do the right thing and he thinks he's doing the right thing but he does it in the wrong way well i think it's almost even like a parallel to what the united states thinks they are in like this climate is like they see themselves as like the 1940s like gun-ho like we believe in the military everything is great like we believe in freedom and everything is great america's number one and it's just like sure in the 40s that's like you guys were the like top dog like band like start like star spangled banners and like gun ho and then now we see like a lot of like what used to be like black and white is very gray area and i think they actually mentioned that a few times during the series is there's a lot of gray area and i think where john has taken this role is hey this is how captain america should be and maybe captain like captain america worked great for that in the 1940s and then going up to modern day as steve steve like captivated those particular ideals in a way that was like almost like sugar-coated but also at the same time like it was very much this is like it's not just me like you need to realize that like it's everyone gets affected by this whereas john is so in like in himself at this point because he's like he has the burning pressures of the government the military expectation not even so much expectations from his wife but maybe just like he thinks that he doesn't want to fail her and then i'm never going to be as good as captain america like captain america was on a pedestal and then now he's seeing like okay this is essentially the same way that the united states is but that's a whole other thing not going to go into it but there was a lot of there's a lot of things going wrong with john and yeah when we get to the scene where we talk about uh, like the, the arrangement of what they say, I have a lot to say that at that point. So mm-hmm. when we, we yeah. on. Of course, we're absolutely. About, I'm sorry about, about that. Yeah. No, that's a valid point that you make. Um, so before we get into that nice little scene here of the government has taken over, you know, the manhunt for Carly and Torres uh, meets up with Sam uh, saying, yeah, like you're, you're benched right now. That's all you can do. And Sam's about to leave. And says, Oh, you don't want your wings. And Sam's like, keep them. So it's like right there. It's like he's giving like that. That's it. That the Falcon monitor is done. Mon, uh, moniker is done. That's it right there. He's no longer gonna be Falcon. And so like how the episode goes, we get Sam to where he's you know supposed to be, where he deserves to be in this time. Uh, so let's get to the important scene that we probably want to talk about. So Walker faces a tribunal for his actions in Latvia. Uh, He's called government official in IMDb. <laughs> government official uh, strips Walker of the title of Captain America and gives him a less than honorable discharge. He will have no rank in retirement. Um, Walker is furious and tells them that he only did what they asked him to do and he followed their rules. And the, the tribunal, uh, the government guy says, we want the shield back, by the way. I know it's like that's a few sentences to describe what really happened, but there's so much in this yeah. scene right here uh yeah. frank i'm actually going to start with you because i know you probably had the most thoughts about this so tell us what you got so uh, 
I just want to preface this by saying I I don't agree with John Walker's methods. I I wholeheartedly believe he's kind of a douche, but you know it, you got to kind of understand the people that you're kind of hating on and understand why you why they do what they do. And the what I, what I thought when I saw John Walker was this is a man in a, a totally different war. Um, Captain America came from a very yes. valorous, very honorable, very, you know, wholeheartedly goody two shoes feeling kind of war for America. And if you remember correctly, the way the U.S. government wanted Captain America to originally be was just a poster boy at the end of the day. He was only supposed to be like uh, at events and stuff like that, which is very close to how this Captain America is set up as well. He's on posters, he's on walls, he's on everything. He's got marketing, he's They play the autographs. same song. They play the songs the same song. from the USO, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. But we also have to understand that Steve came from a um uh you know a Brooklyn setting, you know. It was Brooklyn, I can't remember. It was yeah, Bronx. Yeah. Bronx. He's just or, a kid from Brooklyn. Just a kid yeah. from Brooklyn, right? Just a kid from Brooklyn. And John Walker is a man who is very much a product of today's military standards. He probably did some crazy stuff when he was out when he was out there. Him and um and Afghanistan. Lamar. Yeah, him and Lamar definitely say that last episode is like think of the stuff that we had to do to get our get our stripes you know what i mean like it's and that mentality definitely makes him think that he's on the right side because he's also being told by the military that yeah you're doing good dude like you here's your medal of honors here's your uh accolades you this is your path you're doing well you're in this you're in the shoes of captain america but little does he know he's straying way way far from the path in a way i don't blame him for that because he's again, he's only doing what he's told. Um, whereas Steve said, "Screw you guys! I'm gonna do what's right." And in a way, I feel I, I feel bad for him because at at this point in the court martial, they just kind of leave him. They say, "You know what? You're a rabid dog. We're putting you down. Good luck. Have fun. Uh, we're taking everything you've built up into in your life. All the stuff that you did for us, gone." All the all the mentions of you gone, like it's it's all going away, um, and I wonder what that's gonna do for the image of Captain America itself, and also the image of the U.S. government. Because at the end of the day, too, you also have to see the other side of it. Is like there are gonna be people out there who saw what John Walker did and think that it was right. And Fee actually brought this up later in a scene where, like, um, um, I hate to bring it up so early. But uh, uh, Walker's talking to his parents, and his parents are being very nice to him. And I told Fee, I'm like, if a if your if your kid died, and the the killer was apprehended and killed, a lot of those parents would ne- not necessarily blame the person for killing them. They would actually think they were right. And I'm wondering how that image of Captain America will now be like. Okay, now we're split. Do you want Steve Rogers, Captain America? who brought people in and let these people go like like Zemo and all those people or are you on the John Walker side of you know these people are evil and they must be stopped and mm-hmm. with any means necessary mm-hmm. um and that might be from what that ne- that lady shows up I don't know who the lady is I again I don't read too much into like other than Spider-Man but uh if I had to guess she's either CIA or Hydra and mm-hmm. I'm more leaning on the Hydra side cuz she's kind of creepy <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, other than that, I, I do wonder how the image, like, because he's going to come. Uh, we're not, we're going to spoil that now, but I, we're going to. Can I speculate? There's got to be, there's got to be something that there's going to be a divide here, I believe, from here on out. Can I, can I speculate a little bit? Uh, sure. Yeah. Are we, are we just going to talk about that scene specifically? Oh, we're, 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 we're about to get to that. I was wondering like the right now with the. Get into it and then we'll, yeah, I'll talk about that then. Okay. And just so I I think you're right here. Um, you're definitely, cause a scene, a thing I think about is why Steve worked is because he was a man out of time Mm -hmm. and that when he comes into this era, he still has like back then in the forties, there was right. And there was wrong. There was like, there was the Axis powers. There were the allies powers. And so being out of time, being in that hole, there is right and there is wrong. Yeah. That's what helps Steve. And, you know, throughout, you know, Winter Soldier and Civil War, he's constantly telling the American government, uh, screw you. This is not right. Um, whereas John Walker is, yep, government. Yep. I'm, I'm here for the government. Yeah, I'm going to walk around in my Captain America attire the whole time. You see the shield? You know who I am? Blah, blah, blah. That stuff like that. And Steve is just not that like th- this is not the right thing to do. So... You, you make some excellent points there, Frank. Like, it's just, John is a, I don't want to say victim, because, you know, it, it are his actions. He did kill a person. Yeah. Um, but he was messed up he, by he, the government. Yeah, he's a product of early 2000 war. That's know? that's the word I was trying, I was trying to think of, like, what is it, brain fart product? Yeah. He is a product of how he was trained. Yep. And so... I have and this pen now more. using this pen a lot. No, I mean, it's a wand, right? Anything. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely one more big detail between Walker and Steve, too, is that Steve also had his uh, ensemble of friends who mm-hmm. kind of kept him in check almost. You know what I mean? Whenever he kind of felt astray, even in like movies like Civil War, where he's like, is this the right thing to do? And people were like, yeah, you're, mm-hmm. you're in the right man. And now Walker, it seems like his only real friend was Lamar. Mm-hmm. Right, and Lamar was definitely the moral compass person. Like he would always mm-hmm. keep him kind of in check. Like this is the right thing to do. We can do it this way, stuff like that. Now that he's dead, you know what? What does Walker really have left? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's crazy that there, it's a parallel to Steve and Bucky because Bucky dot quote unquote dies in the first Avenger, and he handles it in a totally different way <laughs> than than when John Walker does. Um, so, uh, Fiona, do you have any thoughts more on like this tribunal scene of Walker being stripped of all this stuff? Well, um, as someone who grew up in a old school military home, um, this was a difficult scene to say the least. Um, I grew up with my grandparents. My grandfather was a lieutenant colonel in the Canadian military, um, in the like Korean War, as well as like he was stationed in Washington during the riots in the 60s so it's things like that just like i was always kind of taught like the right and wrong like not even that like the you could almost even say like the like christian kind of like right and wrong everything is this or that and then it's just like that's not how obviously things go and as you become an adult you realize there are definitely gray areas and i think that seeing like what's been happening since like the early 2000s um and a lot of men or and women who are coming back from war things are it's a lot different and when you get recruited you get told that like everything is great in the military you get to be a part of your like nation and you're going to be doing x y and z and then you come back and it's just like 
here's some medals and you're now done with us. And this is like, okay. And a lot of these people rely on things like the checks or like even some sort of like compensation for their time. And he just got stripped of all of it. Those three medals that gone him, like being Captain America gone, him being recognized by the military gone, like everything, like everything that he's spent years upon years has lost not only his best friend, but probably other guys as well. Like, we don't know anything about his, like, actual past during the military. We don't know what, what happened when he was stationed over in That's Afghanistan. Like, he's... Vagueness, man. There's so much vagueness. And I don't want to say that I... Like, I personally, once again, I do not like this character. Not just from this, but from the comic books as well. And so, I don't think that this is any, like, me, like just to meet the means. But it's... <sighs> It's difficult to watch. And even though he did one, like, he did one thing. And yes, he tarnished the Captain America name and the blood on the shield. And it's just, like, a representation of, like, where Captain America is at this point. It was definitely a difficult scene to watch. And I wouldn't expect anything less. Especially from a normal person, let alone him. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Mara, do you have any more thoughts before we get into this uh the, this nice cameo? Yeah. Uh the the only last thought I have and it's just connecting it back to the fact that we're talking about the early 2000s Afghanistan war and uh the interesting thing and I it's a parallel between these two characters is that uh Sam and John Walker both fought in the same war. Mm -hmm. But they're both coming at it at very different ways and our mm -hmm. uh john walker stayed in the military it seems and still served his time while i feel sam took his time to help others right because if, mm -hmm. if you remember first time we ever see uh well we see him obviously with the mm -hmm. on your left um but this this the actual where he is and where he's from or what he's doing is he's helping others in the uh veteran hall um mm -hmm. by counseling which he mm -hmm. does so well in this episode and mm -hmm. we'll get to that as soon as yeah. we do absolutely i do have All one right. more thing to say about this yes thing, yes you Frank. just brought up and i just thought about it um not only is there a stark difference between um steve and john but keep in mind there's also a very stark differences in the wars that isaiah and um steve uh, falcon fought in sure you know what i mean yeah they, they're yeah. both both in a war but both treated very 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 differently. very rapidly uh, differently where, yeah yeah Definitely going to get to Isaiah here in a bit. Uh, so we're getting to a thing where Walker is talking with his wife, and then we hear some heels going on the floor, and all we know, um, and walks. One Julia Louise Dreyfus. Oh, my God. She mind. She radiates in her. I don't care what she's in. She could be in any commercial. It's dog food. I, I am... She is fantastic in everything she is. And I was like, oh my God, Elaine. And we didn't know about it. Right. And that's so crazy. Yeah. Like, there's someone throughout the week, like, there's going to be a major MCU cameo this week. I'm like, who could it be? And then I saw a friend, uh, someone um, saw on Twitter is just like a picture of Don Cheadle from Space Jam trailer where he's like, it's like my, fa <laughs> my face when that actress shows up. I'm like, oh my God, who is it? Um, so yeah, uh, she comes up, uh, Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, and hey, she hey, talks. Hey. Madam Hydra. Madam Hydra, that's what it is. I couldn't okay, remember so what her right. actual comic yeah. 
uh name was yeah former flame of nick fury uh was a nick uh, was a shield agent for so many years became madam hydra and then became something else entirely so we'll see what she is in this show so it's, she she comes up to walker and she's um you know you did the right thing by taking the serum you did a good job uh and you've caught some attention of a you know a third party here uh here's my card we'll call you um and walker just has like this what the hell uh, I just got like probably the most embarrassing moment in my life right now. And now this lady's coming up to me and like offer me a job and stuff. What the hell? There's nothing on the card even. Um, yeah, well, yeah. And so just, yeah. <laughs> Julia Dreyfus in the MCU. Hell yeah. yeah. So does anyone have any thoughts? On, I uh, just got to speculate something. All right. What's up? And it's going to combine to another scene later. But there's a certain character also going to a uh, facility, a raft, if you will. <laughs> um, and I f- have a striking feeling that this is the setup for the Thunderbolts. Because mm-hmm. we have Zemo going to the raft, which is owned by, uh, not owned by, run by General Thunderbolt Ross. Uh, Ross. Mm-hmm. And then you got this, where it's like an invitation to do something. And I'm like... Are they straight up setting up MCU's version of Suicide Squad right now? Weird. Some kind of Suicide Squad. And I'm like, and then who's running? Is it going to be fucking Zemo or is it going to be Captain America? I'm like, what the fuck? Um, but yeah, that's my speculation is that that's, they're, they're tied in some way. I, I'm hoping that they're tied. They could be two separate things, but they're mm. still setting this up by far. And I'm excited for that. So the interesting thing is that uh, Julia Dreyfus, her introduction to the MCU was supposed to be in Black Widow, apparently. Um, but I guess that like, you know, it kind of fits like this nice introduction. It's like, who is this mysterious lady? So um, it's great. I love that she's in it. You know, let, let's get Ewan McGregor in the MCU now. Let's just let's just yeah. get our let's just get favorite people we want. MCU. Yeah. So get Seinfeld in there. Why not? We had Gary <laughs> Shandling in there. Why not? Uh, Frank, you got any thoughts on uh, this Here, scene? Right I was back. I was trying to think. I was trying to five head this a little bit while I while uh, while you guys were talking, and I'm trying to think if this is. Yeah, it could be a definitely a setup for the Thunderbolts. I definitely think we're gonna see a very controversial comic book scene uh, sometime in the future, where uh, if you remember correctly, everybody was really mad when Captain America all of a sudden turns and goes Hail Hydra. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're definitely gonna get a version of that Captain America. And if you remember correctly, uh, during that whole arc of that like Hydra Cap. Um, we had uh, a Steve Rogers, I believe, who was also old, mm-hmm. and he definitely comes back and whoops some ass. So mm-hmm. uh, they find a way to reverse that that aging that 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 uh, that he was getting. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering if they're gonna if they're really trying to do something like that later on down the road, where a Captain America comes comes in and you know beats him up down the road because we know Falcon's probably gonna beat him up this time. You know? Yeah, but so. later down, on, way down the road see something like that um mm. but i'm uh now that i know that she's hydra definitely gives a few ideas here of what's going on mm-hmm. um especially like how how is she gonna convince you know somebody who is a proud blue american man that a once nazi organization <laughs> is uh someone something he should work for and i think they're definitely going to play on the fact that hydra was taken over taking over the government for a very long time and all the stuff that was kind of happening 
could have been them doing things in Iraq and all that. Like, you know, uh, all the orders came from them originally. So that yeah. might play on him. But, I'm uh, yeah, I'm curious on how they get him to play ball. Gotcha. It'll be interesting to see. Hopefully we see a little bit more. Uh, Fiona, do you got some thoughts? Well, I'm excited to see another strong, badass female join the freaking roster. Um, even though I'm... <laughs> What a character. Um, hmm. I'm just. I'm. I'm interested to see where it. Um, where she goes. Um, and where she takes the. Where. Currently, Captain slash wait ex Captain America at this point. We're just gonna call him John. Yeah, I think you just call him John Walker right now. Yeah, because He's they haven't. To that title. Because they haven't given him his his act like his other title that's in yeah. the comics. Uh, not yet. No, so I'm not gonna talk about that. Um, other than the fact that there's things that even happened in the last like, thing. There's a few things that he's particularly correlated with, but obviously he's not associated with those particular points because he wasn't Captain America at that point. So I'm not gonna go into that. That's a co- whole comic book thing. Um, but I am interested to see where it goes. Um, hopefully we see um see more of her maybe in the next episode in some way shape or form or maybe it's just that's all we're gonna see of her this particular season um but yeah all right just what a badass entrance just like the heels clicking on the stone just like oh who is this she had like the whole entire narration called his wife a firecracker said like we'll call you gives him the um (laughs) calling card and just walks off that's all yeah. she does. Like, and everyone's freaking out. And mm-hmm. I think that was such a great entrance. And also, like, she didn't need to say much. She didn't need to, like, give us her whole background story. She's just like, this is my name. We want you. We're going to hire you. We'll call you. Peace. And then, mm-hmm. like, leaves. Yeah. I will, I will say that her introduction, though, got to be way more excited for Black Widow. If yeah. it's going to mm-hmm. still be in there. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Now I think it's time to move on to probably the two most important scenes in this episode. Mm -hmm. So we head over to Sokovia and Zemo is staring what appears to be at the Sokovia mural um, statue commemorating the Ultron attacks. Uh, Bucky approaches Zemo uh, to share a conversation saying, hey, Bucky, you're the only one that can do what needs to be done right now because we both know that Sam won't kill Carly. Uh, Bucky has a moment where he just aims the gun at Zemo. And just fires and clicks. No bullet comes out. And then you have that cool shot of Bucky dropping all the bullets in his hand. And it was like a symbolization where it's just, I'm not the Winter Soldier anymore, man. Like, this isn't me anymore. Um, I think it was really nice that he spoke with Zemo about it. Because, you know, Zemo is the one that sent him on that tirade in Civil War. So it's just, he's trying to get some closure right here. So I thought that was really nice um, for Bucky. Uh, the Dormilaji come in, they take Zemo, uh, they said they're going to take him to the raft, which um, Mario was mentioning earlier, and then Bucky calls in one more favor from uh, the Wakandans. Um, so, I know we have a very, very heavy scene coming up next, uh, but does anyone have any thoughts about Bucky's closure with Zemo right here? Uh, let's than, start with you, Mark. Yeah. Other than, it, I like I said, I think it's clearly setting up the thunderbolts and uh i'm sure we'll see this zemo again because i feel like this was as much as yes he's the villain of silver war this show had done a great job of 
just making him fun and interesting yeah. and obviously you know release the zemo cut of the one hour dancing so uh i think people are definitely warmed up to him uh he's still a bad guy or at least has bad ideals and you know mm-hmm. i take that back he's probably no he's a murderer it's so hard <laughs> but at the same time i feel like this gives him enough uh credence so that way if we eventually get a thunderbolt show or movie that at least we're behind him um mm-hmm. whatever they're doing you know yeah. so mm-hmm. uh, that's that's all I'll really say well i think he's definitely a villain but you understand him at least mm-hmm. yeah well he's also like a very morally gray character as well because he had I'm not condoning any of the deaths that he specifically caused during any of the MCU, so don't come at me. He had a reason for it, though. And it's not just like, I want to kill to kill. It was like, hey, my entire family got murdered. And so I'm now taking it out. Not saying that it's okay. Do not use murder for murder. Just saying that, guys. Um, killed a man. But I'm, I think... Especially with this, um, like his four episode story arc at this point, you, it definitely pulls on the heartstrings at some points. Like him, like com- like talking to children, and it's not trying to be like weird or anything. It's just like, hey, like I recognize that like these like kids probably one are in a terrible area, and two, just like, th- yes, he used them for information. Was that great? No. Did he bribe them with candy? Absolutely. The candy. And money for his family, um, for their to, family. To be clear, he 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 uh, bribed them with Turkish delights. Mm-hmm. If you are a <laughs> lion the witch, witch in the, the wardrobe, wardrobe. Fan, yeah, that is a very specifically good reference there. Yeah, it's I. I was upset to see the character go. Um, even though yes, he's done a bunch of terrible things. I think this definitely took him from, like, evil to morally gray area. And then I think, like Mario said, if they bring in the Thunderbolts, that you're more on, like, okay, awesome, we get to see Zemo again. Because he brought a lot of character to the show. And it was, like, really entertaining to see some of his scenes. And his banter back and forth with Bucky. And then just, it kind of brought it full circle where, like you said, um, the bullets, like, fall to the ground. He's like, I'm not that person anymore is at the um the very first scene that we see them in in the se- like in the show was they see each other and then he starts listing off the words to Bucky to see if he could activate them and he's like I'm he didn't even make a face and then we saw um a flashback of when um they um oh my god I forgot someone was specifically saying the words to Bucky and he starts crying uh, it was uh Io uh, the beginning of the last yes. episode oh, yes Balazs. yes yeah. My apologies. I watched all the episodes yesterday in like one condensed thing. So, mm. who? Yes. So I think that it was really interesting to see at the very end. Like this is I'm not this person anymore. So that kind of like put closed the book on that particular like interaction between each other. And I think they might have some sort of moral respect in some way. Once again, <laughs> I just want to put it out there: murder is not okay. Um, but I think they have an understanding in him saying like, "Hey, I crossed my name off." um in your book because we're even and then that was it so yeah all right now i think it is time to get to probably the most impactful emotional most Mm hard-hitting most honest and true scene the mcu has ever had the thesis of the show as far as i'm concerned uh so sam goes to baltimore uh to visit isaiah bradley and you can see that sam has the shield um in uh bag 
and uh, you know Isaiah's in the back watering plants, uh, tending to his garden, and uh, looks at Sam's like, "Is that what I think it is?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm here to return it." You just, "Nope, I don't want that. Don't give that to. Don't give me that white boy shield." And so, <laughs> and, and um, you know, they go inside, they sit down, and whew, this this it's like talking about it again. Still, it's very. It's very tough. It's very tough yeah. to talk about something like this. Um, so I Isaiah, watched it in VR crying. <laughs> I was and, the goggles on. I was crying underneath my VR headset. It was, uh, it's tough because Isaiah goes more into his backstory and talks about how, you know, he shows him a box. These are letters, you know, from my wife uh, who I didn't know. I, I hadn't spoken to her. I, there was a 30-year period where I didn't know she was writing to me. And goes more into his backstory. Like we took the the serum, they they didn't tell us what it was, you know. And that mirrors, you know, into real life things. Nineteen twenty one Tuskegee's uh, syphilis um, experiment that they did, and it's just like went to the Korean War. Um, I saved the POWs. I saved my platoon. I saved my men, and they still are trying to wipe out all the evidence. You know, they. I I was a hero, and what they do, they locked me. And they experimented on me for 30 years. Uh, all these terrible things happened to me. Uh, I got out because a nurse took pity on me and grew a conscience and declared me dead. And, you know, Isaiah shows the scars of the experimentation to Sam. And, you know, Sam is, uh, you know, Steve was the one. Steve didn't put you in jail. It's like, no, but, you know, the like the government and stuff, the military, those people, they're the one who threw me in there. The people that idolized Steve and stuff, Captain America at that time, they put me in there. And, you know, Sam tries to like, oh, I could tell people your story. I can, we can get it out there. And Isaiah's just like, no, just keep me buried, please. You know, they, they've been doing this uh, uh, to African-Americans for 500 years. It, it, nothing's going to change. No matter what you think you do when you have that shield, nothing's going to change. And then uh, he gives... Probably the two most uh, the important episode, uh, lines in the episode where he says they will never let a black man be Captain America. And if and if they did, no self-respecting black man would ever do that. And it's just... Whew. <laughs> just reading like a few-sentence summary, it's, it's tough because it's exactly what's happened. It's, that's real life right there. And th th these two fictional characters talking to one another. That is what America is right there. That's history right there in those lines. And it's just, it's it hurts. And, you know, people talk about it. The conversation discourse over the show the last weekend, that's that's what it is. Like, people, I have friends and stuff talk about, like, well, I wish they didn't bring that stuff in the show. Well, tough. That's, that's what you need to hear. Like, the MCU needs stuff like this. Like, we... Obviously, it's great that we have, like, you know, talking trees, talking raccoons and stuff. It's fun to have that kind of escapism. But people need to see this stuff right here. It needs to be in your face with your favorite heroes. You have to talk about this because it's still going on. Yep. And just the, just the pain and suffering. Just Carl Lumby just gives probably the performance of the show in, in, this, in this talking right here. And it's just like, like I... Nothing can be done for me anymore. Please just let me let me die. Like he he's lived a horrible he's had a horrible life and it's just whew, 
who Fiona? I've, I, I hate to ask on you first, but what what are your thoughts about this? For the people who are saying that this conversation shouldn't be here, um, honestly, it would make, like, just like you said, you can have talking trees, you can have talking raccoons, you can have an entire, like, 3.5 billion people blink off the face of the earth for five years and then come back, but having a conversation that's as real as this gets you uncomfortable, then that's too much like this is it's an unfortunate reality that's still happening to this day and even though captain did tech like steve gave him the shield he passed it over to him and yeah that's great that he did that but and i love steve as a character but also it it's a hundred percent true like putting an african-american man in the captain america suit it should happen. I 100% think that. But at the same time, I also understand that the ideals of what Captain America was back in the 1940s was a blonde, blue-eyed white man um, being the face of America. This is the face of America. And that was drilled in everyone's minds at that time. And then having that in the two, uh, like 2020s, at, like in this particular point, I think it's 2023 timeline yeah it's around that timeline is i definitely during the blip we still didn't figure out racism yeah Yeah, we didn't figure out racism we didn't figure out how to specifically deal with that and i think isaiah where isaiah was coming from was like while we were cheering and excited for the face of america which was captain america they took one of the last super soldiers and incarcerated him for 30 years and used him as essentially as a a pin cushion to test out different things and see how we could replicate this because oh we're just going to put this into a bunch of people and like you said this is definitely real um and especially during those particular times doing experiments on soldiers and then just sending them off or just like infecting them and see how it happens or like whatever that might be saying like, Oh, you have tinnitus. Oh, here's a shot for it. And go on your merry way. That's a very real thing. That's not a joke. That's, that's what happened. And integrating this into the show brings a little bit of like more realism to it. And I think this was definitely an impact that yes, I'm sorry for the people who are upset that they brought something incredibly real, like racism into the show and brought it to light makes you upset. Then that's a problem. Like if you're getting mm-hmm. upset about it, like that's your, that's on you because this is something that people live with every single freaking day. And mm-hmm. so bringing into the show, Oh goodness. You have to listen to someone talk about this for 10 minutes. People live this 24 seven. So mm-hmm. get over it. Recognize that this is a problem. And that unfortunately Isaiah's character, would it have been cool to see him as Captain America at some point? Absolutely. Do I think that, Sam should have been Captain America 100%. But I also think that putting just like, oh, it could be put into another way. Like, oh, we're just putting an African-American into a suit just so we can like try to like push a specific narrative. That's not the case. Like, it's so difficult because conversations like this are definitely difficult to have, but it's a conversation that needs to be had. And Mm -hmm. um, showing this to children as well, like recognizing like, hey, this is unfortunately the world that we live in people like i'm as a 
white woman don't have to experience it. And I get to see my friends deal with it on a constant basis. And so I apologize for going on a specific rant about this. But oh, no, this is okay. Like, like you said, the conversation is important. So like, this is one of those where it's just like, obviously, you know, we try to have the time here, but this is something that you can't put a time limit on. Like, this yeah. is a conversation that needs to be had. Like, take as much time, like the three of you guys, as much time as you want to talk about this. Please, please go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I just, I think this was very well written and i think this was a conversation mm -hmm. that was very blunt but also it needed to be said like and that's i th also think that kind of put a lot of pressure on sam throughout the rest of the episode is this mm -hmm. like he's right mm -hmm. and he is. yeah it's it once again kind of like puts a unfortunate like huge like banner and blinking lights that this is still an issue uh, mm -hmm. so yeah it's 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 a problem yeah. and and i wish i had more words i wish i was a thesaurus right now walking thesaurus but it's it's hard to put into words it really is um so uh frank uh what do you think man uh i agree with a lot of what fee said um i will say this one can i swear on the show you can Oh, okay. Well, uh, if you think this is a conversation that didn't need to be had and that it's out of the ordinary, uh, you can go fuck yourself. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't understand how you can sit there and tell me that this is out there because it's very obvious that Steve wasn't, they, they didn't just get the serum right. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's experiments there. And when Steve was gone, of course, they're going to experiment even more. Mm -hmm. They have Hydra agents working now. You know, mm -hmm. people who, in history, experimented on people even the u.s government experimented on mm -hmm. people you, you can't tell me that oh well the ha having this conversation about a black captain america is just so out of the ordinary and shouldn't be in a show like this no this is what the show is building towards mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is a black captain america and if if that bothers you, you can fuck mm -hmm. right off you know mm -hmm. what i mean yeah. maybe yeah. maybe from, marvel comics from, is not for you from mm -hmm. shot one of this show it was always mm -hmm. about this it was mm -hmm. always about this. It was always Absolutely. about the um, someone rising up to that notoriety and them being a black man. Even mm -hmm. um, I mean we'll, that, that'll come up later, but even Steve thought this was right. And if mm -hmm. if you're gonna sit there and tell me some uh, like some dude's gonna sit there and tell me, oh, you know, Steve's the coolest character in the world, but I think he's wrong about giving it to to, to Falcon. It's like get get, get the fuck out of here, dude. I. I think it's interesting. Uh, the head writer of the show, Marcus Spellman, I believe his name was. Malcolm uh, he, Spellman. Malcolm Spellman. I would, this is the second time I got around. I said Marcus last week. Malcolm That's Spellman. Good. He talked about how, you know, a quote I saw was, with this show, you can't overlook the trauma that Bucky has dealt with. And you can't overlook the fact that Sam is a black man. Yeah. Like, I thought like, that, was, that was that was a pretty powerful quote um, yeah. for that. And so... Because and people talked about you know had Steve found out all these experiments were happening he would have busted that shit wide open like no that but then again it's a thing where like can't have you know like Steve can't be coming to the rescue for everything like th this is something where it's Eric he did in his own movie he went into a factory saved all oh. of those people and was rewarded for it I know what you're saying I know what you're saying yeah yeah I'm, I, I for the no, Isaiah Bradley stuff. Well, I know. I'm just paralleling it because f he did that and he was touted as a hero. Mm -hmm. Bradley does the same goddamn thing mm -hmm. and gets fucking thrown in jail. That's, exactly. that's what I, 
That's yeah, what I'm paralleling. The, yeah. the parallels there, like I'm just saying, like had Steve found out that what they were doing to Isaiah yeah. was happening, he would have busted that. But then it's the thing where it's like, do we need a white man saving? And it's like you don't want to get into um like that i've seen that's just anecdotally on the internet like for the past weekend oh, okay. like had steve found out about what they were doing to isaiah like is it like hmm. i'm getting way too ahead of myself yeah. but here like you you make you make a good point yeah. isaiah super heroic he saved like he saved countless lives and then he's thrown away mm -hmm. steve does the same exact thing give it up for captain america stuff like that yeah so yeah you make you make an excellent point right there yeah. um, the show is Mario. built on trauma that's what this show is. It's it. Everybody here has their trauma. Um, the terrorist group. It's people who have lost something. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. You you hate to see what they've become, but it's it doesn't come from just nowhere. They didn't just say wake up one morning and go I'm going to be a terrorist group. No, there's a reason why they're there, and there's there's a reason why Bucky is is facing his trauma. There's a reason why um, Falcon's facing his trauma. You have Zima who also you know, had a traumatic experience experience and had to do something about it. Everybody here is, is, is facing that trauma. And to say that, like, John as soon Walker. as it, it, as soon as the spot, even John Walker, um, it's to see that, to say that, like, as soon as a black man starts talking about his trauma, that it's like, it that's too much for some people. It's like, why is it okay when Bucky mm -hmm. and, you know, Cap are talking about theirs, but as soon as a black man wants to talk about his, it's like, Oh, this is too political for me. Well, okay, let's see. Let's let's talk about a narrative. We take out the fact that Isaiah is black and then talk about, like, let's say we change him up with Steve. Steve was, like, Steve went to the Korean War. Steve had his, like, his team. He then ended up in jail for 30 years. What are people going to say? Are they going to say, oh, no, he, it's so sad that that happened to him. He should definitely get the shield. Like, they should find a way to fix it. And then the second that it's Isaiah, they're like, we should not be having this conversation. That's unacceptable. Like, if you have a problem with him talking about what happened, like you said, if people have an issue with him talking about his trauma, go fuck yourself. Like, that's his story. That's that's his unfortunate story like he from start to finish he missed out on all these letters and his wife dying he missed 30 years of his life stuck in a jail cell because he tried to save people the same thing that Captain America did, the same thing that Iron Man did, the same thing that everyone else has done essentially in this freaking universe and then the second that I get really irritated by stuff like this and hearing people oh. saying that is just yeah. fucking bonkers to me there is an interesting conversation to be had uh, specifically about uh, black trauma in media. I know that it's a big issue happening right now with the show mm -hmm. Them on Amazon and that Netflix short that uh, came out um, about the Groundhog's Day, about the cop shooting uh, the black man um, mm -hmm. every day. Um, and then even this in some aspects. I think that's an interesting conversation to have. I just don't think it's our, not, not saying our conversation. It's a conversation that should be heard. Um, but in terms of when it comes to uh, this show, I, I, I do think it's very important, especially mm -hmm. where we are. If, if we're just going to hand him the shield and he's just going to be Captain America, I just I just don't think that it's realistic. So mm -hmm. I think the show does at least out of all of the trauma stuff that, you, you know, Lovecraft Country, you can throw you throw everything out there. Uh, at the very least, I think this handles it in a 
in a subtle way building up to obviously the thesis of the show which i think is mm-hmm. surrounding that on and it, again the show is also called falcon and winter soldier so yes and i think uh eric you brought up that great quote it 100 that's the thesis of falcon's story and the trauma and everything that bucky's going through that's the thesis of his story mm-hmm. so um yes uh that may be the best conversation we've had here on Marvel Monday's initiative. So I want to thank you guys for that. <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's really good. Like stuff like Ruben, that. Ruben would just be like, oh, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, that's, that's the important stuff right here. Like we can, we can talk about all the fun, you know, cap throwing shields. We can talk about Spider-Man swinging through New York and stuff, but that, that stuff right there. That's the important stuff. So going to fast forward a little quickly through all this stuff. So Sam goes back to my home state, Louisiana. Hell yeah. Excited oh, to see it yeah. again. Spends time with the family. Uh, spends time with his family. He and Sarah are starting to fix the boat, sell it. A uh, whole town comes up to help the Wilson family out. Even Bucky shows up, starts doing some HGTV shit up in there, some sanding, some um, painting. Uh, and then as it goes on, you know, Sarah decides, ah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do this. We're not gonna sell our legacy. Uh, Bucky flirts with Sam, uh, Sarah a little bit. I thought that was, uh, thought that was. I was about to say Bucky flirts with Sam. Like, oh, I'm sure Tumblr. I'm sure Tumblr, it's already there on Tumblr for that. It's already happened. So Bucky also brings a mysterious package from the Wakandans. Um, and then we go to, well, we talked about earlier, uh, mentioned it, Walker goes to see Lamar's family. And, you know, he talks to them about, you know, hey, I got justice for Lamar. I, I, I got the guy who killed him. Um, so a straight up lie. So... And Ruben, I think like this pen now, I'm going to use it forever on the show. I really like okay. it. Um, okay. I so... just wanted to say uh, thank you guys for doing this show today. Uh, I've been Dude. listening to it for the past 15 minutes. Oh, uh, so you heard me talk shit. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you because that possibly might have been the greatest conversation we've ever had on any of the stuff that we do uh it literally brought me to fucking tears so oh, thank you very much sorry. <laughs> oh, no. that's okay that's sorry, okay it's good tears good tears <laughs> good tears good tears um yeah keep on kicking ass guys thank you thank you buddy thank you um so we get to a pretty and that's why we do it boys and girls that's why we have conversations <laughs> like that because they're very important and you know it still goes on today so our stance here at the penultimate conquest racism fucking sucks so stop it <laughs> looking at you right now uh just looking you, at racism you ben shapiro you fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you fuck <laughs> i can only think of ben shapiro now with the aquaman thing so it's like <laughs> just one small problem sell the homes to who ben <laughs> fucking aquaman so we get to another important part of the show where Bucky and Sam, you know, just have a catch with the shield. I love this. I love that we're just lightly so tossing good. it like it's a football oh or something. God. It's such yeah. a bro moment. Yeah. Uh, and then they go into, you know, Bucky's personal trauma here where it's, uh, he talks to him, gives him a little tough love. Where he's like, hey man, you know, you can cross names off of a list, and but that's not going to help. You need to be of service. You can't just say, oh, I'm sorry, you need to be better than that. You need to go and say, look, I know I did bad things, let me help. Go to one name on that list and be of service. And I think pretty much all as viewers, we know where it's like, oh no, that conversation yeah. happened. Um, yeah. 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 And yeah. so 
And then, oh, I was mentioning earlier the Endgame reference I said was going to show up. Bucky brings it back to Endgame. He says, you know, Steve was about to tell me what he was going to do. And so that's why people were like, well, why didn't Steve talk to Bucky there towards the end? Where it's like, because he already knew what was going to happen. He knew the shield was going to Sam, regardless of what yeah. uh, people thought. And he was just like, we had no idea sometimes the struggle that this would be. And, you know, conversation we just had, they, they just didn't realize. You know, they're not part of it. They're not part of, like Fiona said, they're not dealing with this 24-7. Obviously, it's, it's, it's going to be out of sight, out of mind sometimes. So I think that was very important for uh, Bucky to be like, look, I'm sorry I pressured you so much about all this throughout, you know, these last five episodes about the shield and stuff. Like, we just didn't know. And, you know, them talking about, hey, you know, look, we're, we're I wouldn't say we're friends, co-workers, partners, and stuff like that. I thought, I thought that was really nice. Yeah, that was really good. And so then we get to the cool 80s montage of Sam training with the shield. Hell yeah. You know, I was wanting some, like, Rocky music going on and stuff. You know, Sam's doing flips, catching shit. Hardcore, um, hardcore. I was having a conversation with someone like, well, they looked like they were having so much fun when they were lightning tossing it, but he was struggling uh, during the workout. But yeah, because he's fucking throwing the thing at like so many miles an hour. It's going to be hard to catch. (laughs) Um, So, and my favorite scene of the episode was when Sam's nephew like admires the shield, like him throwing it. Like there it is. Like that's, you know... That is what that shield is supposed to represent. Mm-hmm. Now, for many people, it doesn't represent that, but that's what it's supposed to be right there. It's supposed to be hopeful. And it's never about the shield, as Sam said in the first one. It's the person who is wielding it. So that's why like, you get hopeful again, because the person who's supposed to be wielding the shield is now wielding it. You never got that hope with John Walker. You yeah. got that hope with Steve, but now you have it back again, what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to be uplifting. But you can't forget the history that S.H.I.E.L.D. has been through. Um, But I I thought it was important. I thought it was important to show his nephew smiling, looking at that S.H.I.E.L.D. Because, you know, as Captain America fans, like, that's what it's supposed to be right there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... Okay. I didn't think about that. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, damn. (laughs) So I have this, um, if anyone has any thoughts, like so far, I know we've kind of gone to overdrive here. I want to make sure we uh, have enough time to talk about ending stuff here. Does anyone have any thoughts about the cool 80s montage other than was fucking awesome? No, it was awesome. Uh, uh, Did you believe the the shot that everyone keeps saying is a reference to on your left where he's on the uh, right side of the screen? Mm -hmm. Possible. Mm -hmm. It's possible. It is an interesting way that they framed it for sure. But yeah, I, I was, I was, very keen eyes people pointing that out i was like that's damn i feel i felt that. The, this show has been on your left the whole time first episode we looks on his left and there's steve and it's just like oh man stop it guys we know <laughs> yeah. we know steve's gone okay god yeah please yeah. he just shows up in his old he's wheeling up in his wheelchair wearing a sweater <laughs> old man steve wearing a, wearing a white sweater um, so I had this in all caps here with question marks like Sharon released Batrock from prison. Yeah. <laughs> so Sharon. What's up oh, with Sharon? Oh, oh, I think like, you know, every episode I'm like, oh, this kind of confirms that she may be the power broker. This might confirm like, but then I'm like, she released him from prison. Oh my God. 
Yeah. Oh my stars. <laughs> I think that was definitely a a Bucky and and Falcon move because mm-hmm. they really Zemo for the mm-hmm. same reasons. Yeah. And obviously this man is bait to figure mm-hmm. out where the last of these these yeah. um these people in the terrorist group are. Yeah. So Batrock meets up with Carly and the Flag Smashers in New York, where they are voting for the controversial Patch Act to deal with the refugees uh, from the, the snap, flip, whatever you want to call it. Batrock says, hey, I'm just here to kill Falcon. Uh, Carly wants more numbers for the fight. She has a weird scene where she just hits a button on her app and just everyone in Central Park, it looks like, is like, oh, happen to be conveniently placed right here <laughs> a john wick moment where everybody gets yeah. a text um, well, they did it in the first episode too where yeah. they also assembled yeah. it could have been a planned thing i just hope they were just showing someone getting just a hot dog or something from the corner like oh god hold on hold on i gotta go I'll be right here uh, d- d- two dogs come on come on come on i got a flag smasher <laughs> meeting we gotta get to hold on uh yeah i saw a lot of older people too and i'm like you, you're down with this all right <laughs> Uh, and so we get to them voting on the uh, patch act, um, and looks like the flag smashers have taken over the room, and you know everything goes red and black and stuff, and then fades fades to black right there. I thought I it was interesting. Yeah, yeah, the uh, freaking government official in the tribunal was like, "They'll believe what we tell them to believe." I'm like, a little on the nose right there, buddy. Um, I just love that they call him government official. Like that's yeah. pretty much what you are, buddy. Like you don't need any. You have no other characteristics besides being a government official. Uh, so then we get to Sam opening the box from Wakanda. We look inside, and obviously we can't because it fades to black. Although Sam has like a little like pause because we all know what's in that box. It's Gwen Paltrow's head. Oh, now shit. I don't know there what this will go. do I for the episode. Um, so. Yeah, it's it. We fade to black, and we know what's in that. It's 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 gonna be Sam's Captain America outfit, and I wonder if they're gonna have the wings on it or not. I don't I mean, think they if are. If it's from Wakanda, it has to be. I think they're they have to be vibranium wings. Yeah, vibranium so, wings. Uh, like, but so insane. cool, and you definitely. Um, well, last thing here, we have our first post credit for Falcon yeah. Winter Soldier, Mister John Walker, watching some YouTube videos, some. Do it yourself network. It's like, let's uh, let me make me a shield. And for those that know the comics, Mr. John Walker appears to be making his shield for his introduction as U.S. agent. And so we are setting setting up for a big old fight in New York. Um, I think it's interesting that mid-season trailer they released, they still show John in his uh, Captain America outfit. I'm like... I think that was definitely like a red herring. I think he's definitely going to show up in his U.S. agent outfit mm-hmm. in this next episode. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what an episode. What a fantastic episode this was. Yeah. Um, does anyone have any closing thoughts on this episode? Frank, I'm going to start with you. Um, Mario actually brought up something that I, I, I thought of uh, as he said it. It was the Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, title of the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it made me wonder, like, why did why did they call Bucky Winter Soldier? Because he's kind of shed that moniker by now, right? And I thought about it, too. Like, oh, wait, Falcon's no longer technically Falcon anymore. So mm-hmm. I think it's really cool that they kind of introduce these characters as Falcon and Winter Soldier. But, like, by the end of the season, they're definitely 
not, that's definitely not Winter Soldier anymore, and that's definitely not Falcon. Um, mm-hmm. These characters are kind of coming into their own names instead of the names people have given them. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the the character growth can come from the title, you know, as you watch the show, like the title. Yeah. It's just, it, it's just it shows where they used to be and now where they are. Talk about some talk that's about why growth. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. That's why season two is going to be called Captain America and Bucky or Captain America and White Wolf. Bucky America. Bucky America. <laughs> well, I, I, I know he's like, I know he's White Wolf in the comics and stuff, but like when I hear White Wolf, I just think Geralt's going to show up out of nowhere. I know. He's I like, know. Mm-hmm. what's happening? Um, so, Mario, do you have any final thoughts on this episode? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that like I said, this episode, in my opinion, is my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. Those two conversations, both the one with Isaiah and the one with uh, Bucky, I think are some of the most uh, important scenes in the MCU as a whole, mm-hmm. uh, as well as important to this whole show has been a treat for me because, like I said, I adore Captain America. The fact that I have a, a weekly series based on Captain America in some aspects in a totally different light. Um, the fact that I feel like Anthony Mackie has definitely come in his own and being moved from sort of this sidekick character and then being put into the forefront as someone in the mainline MCU as one of the heads of possibly uh, the Avengers or whatever they decide to do going forward. Uh, I'm very happy. You know, he's gone. He's come a long way uh, since being Clarence in eight mile. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I'm actually very, very happy about that. Um, and uh, Bucky, who I've loved since the first movie. So I'm just happy to see his progression. And for the end of the show, I can't wait to see what the suit looks like. He's 100% going to have wings. I hope he has some stars and stripes. Um, and he's going to be throwing that shield, and I cannot goddamn wait. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of John Walker, we'll see where he goes. I almost believe he won't be in the last episode as a red herring. Because mm. I um as a like he's gonna be there but he won't be in the last fight i I was i was saying like his suit like in the trailer he still has his captain america suit on so i think like maybe they put that in there you know what there's that shot that i'm wondering i we didn't see yet right or did we see it of like uh bucky what is falcon no no that had to be later right there's a shot where like he's like sitting there like looking all defeated and then like they're standing in front but it could just be an extra shot. You know, they, they throw yeah. in stuff to fake us out all the time. So, yeah, um, unless he still kept his Captain America suit after the tribunal thing, which I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, so, but, but yeah, we'll see. And I'm, I'm I don't know. I honestly am curious because I have no idea where this will tie in later. Like, what are the threads that they're going to be supporting in the future? Other than, like I said, if it's a Thunderball thing, cool. Or, you know, where is Bucky and, falcon slash captain america going to end up like i i have no goddamn clue mm-hmm. um because i don't think there'll be a season two at least not named mm-hmm. falcon and winter soldier so i i yeah i'm it, i'm i'm loving phase four in a way where it's like we're in this interesting new void of like what is the possibilities mm-hmm. we have ideas but we don't know how long it's gonna take to get there and I'm curious of like what that that future will be, especially with all the little weird confirmations that we've gotten. Uh, thanks, Alfred Molina. And obviously today we saw the Shang Chi trailer. Oh my God, how cool was that? It was so cool, <laughs> uh, dude. That kick, the kick punch thing. What was yeah. that? Oh, so cool. Oh my God. Uh, and then of course the Ten Rings coming back, which was great. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, I'm I'm just excited. 
I'm just excited. Uh, it sucks though. We have to wait, I guess, a little bit for Loki. I didn't. I thought they were supposed to come out back to back. Loki yeah. comes oh. out. Or we were supposed to have Black Widow in the middle of it all, just to tie oh, us yeah. over until then. But now they got pushed off, so now we got to wait like a month and a half for Loki. It's like, ah, I need more stuff because, like, yeah. you know, Loki is looking very Doctor Who-y, and I'm fucking ready for that so much. Fuck. So, yeah, I'm excited, and uh, you know, I guess I get some Star Wars stuff in between them. So, yeah, Star Wars. Who cares about the War of Stars? Bad Batch, I hope you're really good, by the way. Um, uh, Fiona, what about you? Your closing thoughts? Um, I think this was a funny episode, but also at the same time a very deep episode that highlighted a lot of things that needed to have, like we talked about, we need to have the discussion about racism, not only in the real world but also in the mcu um as well i'm kind of highlighting especially with bucky and sam having a conversation it's not like ptsd and mental health especially mental health has been a constant kind of story um or at least a piece of what's been happening especially when it comes from we saw it in Wanda, um, WandaVision, and then we kind of um, bring it up really into um, the um, this particular um, show as well. Um, I'm happy to see that we were able to kind of see Bucky go from kind of closed in, not talking about his nightmares, not going to talk about like his issues or anything like that, to actually opening up to Sam and realizing like, hey, like there's a lot of things that I didn't understand, and now I'm realizing that. I was essentially naive in certain things regards such as Sam taking the shield right away and taking the title of Captain America to him realizing like, Hey, like I'm not okay. And that I am just pushing these nightmares to the side or doing what I'm doing, listening to Sam and saying like, Hey, this isn't what I should be doing. This is, and yes, it is going to lead to that conversation and I'm not prepared for next episode. I don't there's nothing that's going to prepare us for that difficult conversation that he's going to have to have. Um, but I think it's definitely showing some character growth. And just like Mario said, it is really interesting to see these two characters go from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier to Bucky and Sam. Just two guys. And they kind of broke it down. They're like, they're just two co-worker friends that had a common friend that then that friend's gone but now we're still kind of a thing but at the same time like we'll call on each other when we need each other and we're there for each other when we need to be mm-hmm. and i think that was really kind of cool and to see him that way um so i'm really happy to see how this particular episode went i this was definitely my favorite out of mm. all five episodes that we've seen um, and I'm really happy to see where it was going. Um, even though I started to like Zemo and I'm slightly upset that he got taken away. We'll we'll see him again. We'll see him again. We'll see him again in a white sweater. <laughs> what, <laughs> what if at the end of the episode, it doesn't say Captain America and Wonder Soldier will be back. It'll just say Zemo will return. <laughs> I'm That's okay. what people want. I'm okay with this. Also, Baba Black Sheep. Also, I'm freaking U.S. agent. I'm not particularly prepared for the Canadian hating freaking person. I'm I'm done with this guy. Like I'm. He's gonna get, he's gonna get his shit wrecked again next week, I believe. Oh, I know. Also, as a heads up, it is canon that he absolutely despises Canada and thinks it's a trash tier country. I mean, I mean, he's not wrong. Whoa. We well, as the Canadian here. <laughs> 
That was our discussion of episode five, Truth of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, this part where we reach plugs, personal plugs. I don't know why I'm snapping. I'm in a coffee shop. Let's go. Uh, uh, Fiona, we're going to start with you. Do you have anything you'd like to plug for the listeners out there? Absolutely. Well, you guys can check me out over at Twitter and on Twitch at Zoranix. It is right, right here. Um... Also, you can check me out every weekend um, and in parts over at our YouTube channel over at um, youtube.com slash point in progress, um, where I am a co-host with four crazy people and we just talk about everything that we enjoy, um, nerd culture and otherwise. Um, This week's episode was absolutely bonkers, like on fire. And by on fire, I mean like it was a garbage can on fire but in the best way possible um we love to see it um good golly gosh um so yeah you can find me there and also bi-weekly every so often you can find me over at speaking of stadia where i talk about stadia because i love it you hear that aaron and jacob we still like you hey speaking of stadia check that out hey aaron i like stadia just saying aaron you hear that (laughs) Looking at you. Stop playing Fortnite and, you know, get Mario on the show. Frank, what you got to plug, buddy? Uh, you can find me at Point in Progress where I talk with uh, some very cool Americans and a few, like, okay Canadians. Uh, we have an episode this week. We finally hit episode 10. It was a great episode. Totally not a dumpster fire. Um <laughs> And yeah, you can find me there. Well, I still have an editor. You have to wait on that. <laughs> um, you can also find me at Twitch at Kestrel1A. Um, this week I will be uh, playing some more Resident Evil 2. Uh, hopefully either this one, definitely this Wednesday, maybe Friday, maybe Saturday. Uh, I'm trying to get through all the Resident Evil games before Resident Evil uh, 8. So if you want to come follow me on that journey, you can follow me at Twitch there. And uh, yeah, you can basically just pip in that oh in twitter you can find me on twitter as well at kestrel 1a i should probably let everyone know that these three do the show together so when they talk about the idiots and stuff they're talking about each other so just so you're aware everyone that's what's happening here (laughs) mario what do you got to plug my friend you can find me at youtube.com slash that Mario Rivera, where I'm finally motivated to make some content, and I'm uh, excited for what I'm going to make. Uh, you can also maybe potentially find me on twitch.tv slash that Mario Rivera. I'm honestly kind of indifferent right now when it comes to streaming, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. But you for sure can find me at twitter.com slash that Mario Rivera. Great follow. You should do that. He also has a tremendous shirt. That's right. Please buy that shirt. I'm debating on releasing one tomorrow because it's, uh, you know, a special day. Uh, but I'm curious of how to do it. I didn't even realize that. Yep. It's the three-year anniversary of God of War. Thank you for reminding me. Yes, it is the yes, three-year <laughs> anniversary of God of War. So, anyway, again, my name is Eric Ginn. You can find me on Twitter at Eric C. Ginn. Do stuff here for the penultimate conquest. I streamed out last two last night, the first episode. Uh, it was not... I want to be in the break room when they make those games. Like, what What can we do? What? How can we mess with people right now? But anyway, I digress. Uh, remember, my lovely wife, Tessa, is streaming Bloodborne in about an hour here on Twitch.tv slash Penultimate Conquest. See how she goes. She's still liking it. 
you know, so that's great. I'll let her know that you put a little heart for her, uh, Fiona. And uh, yeah, Eric C again on Twitter with a follow. And remember, Penultimate Conquest here, Twitch.tv, Penultimate Conquest, Facebook, Penultimate Conquest, Twitter, Penultimate Conquest, basically, Penultimate Conquest for everything. So, again, thank you three for coming on the show. That was kind of last you. minute. Thank you for, like I said, probably the best episode we've had, best discussion we've had for any Marvel show. So thank you very much. And until we see you next week, Excelsior. Progress is made? Nope. Can't say it. Don't nope. say that. Wrong show. Wrong show. <laughs>